previously on X-Men. Welcome, dear listeners, to a realm where ordinary becomes extraordinary, where the misunderstood become heroes, and where unity conquers adversity. This is the world of mutants, the world of the X-Men. Join us as we delve deep into the stories that have captured the hearts and minds of generations. From the gripping battles of the animated series to the live-action films, this is Exposition, an X-Men podcast, Excelsior! Hi, welcome to Exposition, an X-Men podcast. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Tim Capel. How are you doing, Kim? Kim. Tim. Kim? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kim, yeah. All right. It's very good. I've mutated. So, so be it. Uh, Kim, thank you, Jen. Kim Tafel. <laughs> Kim, Kim Tafel, yeah. We're off to a great start already. Uh, very good. Uh, thanks, Jenny. Oh, the, the exposition yeah. must continue. And we do have a guest with us. Not not as many uh, folks along for the ride as, as we had in our previous two episodes, but that's okay. We do have one friend, uh, a returning uh, champion. And who is that, Jenny? Uh, otherwise known as Dark Beastie, tonight he is known as Biclops. He is. Heath Langston. Yeah. Hey, hey. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm, How's it going? I'm, I'm Biclops, uh, otherwise known as Scott Summers, and I am fabulous. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Feeling yourself. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, great today, heart. though. Yeah, I'm doing great today. I'm very excited to. I'm very excited to be here. So, uh, <laughs> yes, let's uh, let's get into this and uh, see where we're at with uh, the the introduction of the the nemesis of the X Men. <laughs> yeah, the, like the main mm-hmm. guy, the main bad guy. We're on episode number three. three? Yeah, yep. three. Technically, uh, yep. technically. And uh, it is called Enter Magneto, but we will also be covering episode 104. Yeah, a little treat for the listeners here. We've got a a two-parter. We're going to be covering both parts of this Magneto introduction. We're going to see how that goes. If the episode is just way, way long, we we may trim it back. (laughs) But uh, we're going to try to tackle both of these in one go since it is pretty much one story. Mm -hmm. And uh, hope for the best. So, Jenny, this uh, this episode, Enter Magneto, as you said, episode three of season one, it aired on November 27th, 1992. Now, I don't expect you guys to have remembered necessarily that the 27th of November in 1992 was not a fr- was not a Saturday. It was, in fact, a Friday. And the reason I know this is. I mean, you can look it up. It is verifiable. But <laughs> this uh, this was a very surprise drop during, like, there was this all-day Fox Kids marathon that they did, like, a countdown of the, the season's biggest and most popular new shows, like, hmm. as decided by the viewers. I remember they, like, there was some kind of co-promotion with McDonald's where you could actually fill out a ballot and vote on, like, your favorite <laughs> I didn't do this, but apparently that's how it worked. Mm. And guess what won? Um, the the series that was barely even a series. <laughs> it only aired two episodes, X-Men. 
Wow. So, mm. yeah, viewer's choice here. And I um, would have said Huckleberry Hound, but I know that that's probably not right. So. Not in 1992. No, it wasn't a favorite of, of the kids uh, back no. then. No, that's a shame. So, uh, I don't know. I guess presumably the, the network knew that they weren't going to be losing any big ratings, mm-hmm. giving Black Friday over to their uh, children's mm-hmm. entertainment division. This was the day after Thanksgiving. Um, so, I... I can't speak to the fidelity of this voting system, but um, I'm not going to say they stuffed the ballots, but it does say something that X-Men appeared in this lineup at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're just two episodes deep. Um, those first two kind of promoted as a sneak preview. They had not aired anything in a, about a month, almost a month now since the the uh, that second episode, Night of the Sentinels, Part Two. So, being able to see this again so unexpectedly on just a Friday afternoon during a holiday weekend, it at the time it felt like really special. It made you feel like you're in the secret cool kids club. <laughs> so, mm. again, it just kind of goes along with the way that this this series premiered, where it was like you never kind of knew when you were going to get an episode or. You had to really be on your toes, right? And uh, it was always a big deal when you, when you got something out of this series. Of course, that's because uh, the animation studio was was working down to the wire to try to get episodes out. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really a month behind schedule where they should have been. But in a way, it kind of, I don't know, kind of contributed to um, that special feeling that you had watching this in the first go-round. So I guess they had this one ready to go, and and we got it on a Friday. So nice, nice. Yeah. Hmm. So this is going to introduce us to the titular Magneto. But first, we're going to pull up on Beast, who is, as you may recall, held captive. He's in this heavily fortified detention center. It's at an undisclosed location. Notice he's reading Animal Farm, George Orwell. <laughs> yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Nice touch. Uh, yeah, very nice touch. To which the guards demonstrate their supreme ignorance, mm-hmm. mocking mm-hmm. him, asking him if he sees any relatives. <laughs> so, I want you to nitwit. See so any relatives? With their porn stashes. They're also oh, yeah. characterized as very, like, bumpus like country mm-hmm. ass like they, they have these really dumb sounding accents so you wonder if this is like maybe somewhere in the south we don't know but mm. anyway <laughs> oh wow yeah. just saying just nice saying. casual hey burial south look i can i can say it because mm. i live it so i don't know you're borderline bro mm. Capital of the Confederacy, come on. <laughs> you gotta let me have that one. And it was, right? Oh boy. Second one, but you just you just bragged about that, so not brag, just just put brag. the thread out there that excuse I me. We were the capital of the Confederacy. Thank yeah. you very I'm much. Humble brag. As... Thank you very much. My house. I, uh... Jefferson Still... Davis used to live in my house. Thank you very much. <laughs> Still south of the Mason-Dixon is my mm-hmm. Um So suddenly, a series of explosions rock the compound, and Beast assumes that it's his teammate, Wolverine, staging a jailbreak. Uh, but instead, it is Magneto 
bursting through the wall in a dramatic entrance, looking very menacing. Yeah, I love queen. this. Yeah, this first yes. shot of Magneto. Yes, Queen. Yes. <laughs> so cool, and I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very appropriate for this character who is just the most extra, right? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I just. Oh yeah. So Magneto wastes no time. He implores Beast to leave with him. Uh, but Beast actually resists, saying that uh, he is awaiting his day in court. Mm-hmm. And Magneto is incensed upon learning that Beast was captured during Professor Xavier's bidding, only for Xavier to leave him to rot in this prison cell. So we get this little bit of a philosophical debate back and forth between the two of them. <laughs> That's um, exactly what this- I wrote. They debate yeah. philosophy while getting shot at. But while getting shot at on this children's card by the dummies in the south, by the dummies. Mm -hmm. So Beast is trying to stress the importance of working within the system rather than going above it. Certainly, as Magneto would do, he wants to prove the righteousness of his cause, whatever the outcome may be. Uh, Magneto pretty much throws a wet blanket on that. Um, Tells Beast he will never receive fair treatment at this hearing. And he need only point to the soldiers who are firing upon them with mm-hmm. laser weapons, <laughs> rather indiscriminately, I might add, uh, outside. So and very badly, yes. And very badly. Uh, but he, Magneto's thrown up a force field, so they're all good. Um, but he just points to that as, as evidence of humanity's primitive nature. Mm. Um, Beast kind of pushes back with the usual, well, you know, we're feared... Um, Feared and hated because, you know, they don't understand. We uh, Humans just, just fear what they don't understand. And that's all it is. Uh, Magneto basically says, fuck that. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he tells them, no, they do understand. No, they get it. Trust They me. absolutely get it. They fear mutants because our very existence makes baseline humans feel inferior mm-hmm. and reminds them that their days are numbered. Baseline humans is a great line. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't say that, but just trying to draw a line between the two. Um, Mm -hmm. Because mutants are humans, they're just sort of enhanced. We we get the term homo superior Mm -hmm. as as opposed to homo sapiens um, later in this episode. But um, I kind of like this counterpoint. It's one we don't often get. We hear that the whole Lottie Da, Xavier, so they fear what they don't understand things over and over. Right. As like a rationalization mm-hmm. and Magneto is not having it. He's like, no, they, we don't let them off that easily. And he's like the perfect sounding board for, for that kind of counter argument. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have to say it's hard not to agree with Magneto. On this Magneto one. was right. Hey, you know what? I've said this for years. I've been saying that he is right. I mean, it's he's always been right. And I know that the whole this this episode is is kind of based squarely off of like the first issue where they meet Magneto. And Mm -hmm. I think that going all the way back to uh, Tim, is it 1963? Yep, sure. Yeah. So going all the way back to 1963 and knowing that it was the entire premise of the X-Men is supposed to be a correlation between like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and the, the, the rights of, um, you know, African-Americans back in the civil rights era and stuff. It's really is true. I mean, you can look at history and you could say that 
while Martin Luther King preached peace and 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 understanding and cooperative nature, he still got the exact same treatment that Malcolm X, who was much more violent and violent based. And it's just it's a shame because that's mm -hmm. exactly what happened. So I always I've always said forever. I'm like, Magneto's always been right. He is right. You know, he knows he knew he knew it was going to happen. What if we watch this whole series with that slant and with that skew and like instead of being on the X-Men side, we turn right Oh, now. I mean, I'm at the point where I, I kind of do, you do. Um, yeah. consume no. X-Men yeah. media through like more of ma the lens of uh, a Magneto um, as, as more of a sympathetic sort of point of view character. Like I can't even really think of him mm -hmm. as even a villain or their greatest villain anymore. Like, I don't even mm -hmm. think of him in the, those terms anymore. No. Um, I think he's just wow. far too complex a character. And I mean, well, we can get more into this, but every time really every time since um, the, the sort of revelation in the very early eighties that um, he was a, a Holocaust survivor, which mm -hmm. will, We'll get into that also. It's been really hard to make him just an out and out villain. Like Marvel has tried a few times, but mm -hmm. the fans just won't have it. He always gets dragged back to this place of no, I'm sorry. Like he, while he is a bit of an extremist, he's a freedom fighter. We, yeah. we will not tolerate a villain Magneto for any extended length of time. It just over and over that, that pattern has played out and exactly you know. he's too he and and believe me the x-men do not have they have their fair share of real villains you know sure. yeah. and and both human and mutant alike and i think that over the years it's always been well established that while he was there he's like their I don't even want to say he's their greatest enemy, but if you want to go down the route of he's their greatest enemy, he's also their very most misunderstood enemy. And mm -hmm. and that's and you're right, it Tim, it's like they've tried to push this narrative that he's a bad guy. He's not. He's an anti at the very least he's an anti-hero, you know? Yeah. And I, I think finally we we've gotten to a place where most modern writers nowadays won't even like try to write him as as an out and out yeah, villain. Cool. Well, you kind of you kind of can't because he's a he's a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> like, I how mean, do you really. you know like how do you how do you write that guy and say? Eh, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but you can always retcon an origin story. But like his seems fucking set in stone. Yeah, like, no, you nobody's can't, yeah. fucking with that. No, nobody nobody fucks with that. Like, I, and I know that we're I know we're talking about the cartoon, but one of my favorite scenes in one of the less the less cherished movies mm. is when he goes. I've been numbered once, so I've been mocked once. No, no, no yeah. what? No needle will ever touch my skin again. Yeah, I mean it's just so good. And then, and then in first, uh, first class, when Michael Fassbender just like lifts his arm up in that bar scene, it's the best. Yeah, I mean, I, oh yeah, I, that bar scene is so good. Well, well, and I remember when they were gonna, they were doing the, they were talking about having an origins movie for Magneto. Yep. It was going to be just like Magneto. It was mm -hmm. going to be Magneto Nazi Hunter. And I was like, mm. yeah. And then I was like, I watched that let's scene. And I was like, I was like, let's fucking do it. Let's <laughs> I'm, do it. I'm on board with like, seeing Michael Honestly, Fassbender. can we get that instead? Yeah. yeah. Like, can, we, can I see Michael Fassbender chase down Nazis? Yes. <laughs> be amazing. Yeah. 
Um, so in any event, getting back to the events at hand here, uh, Magneto angrily turns the guards' weapons against them, uh, but notably, you know, he doesn't kill anyone here, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you can thank broadcast standards and practices for this <laughs> kinder, more enlightened take on on Magneto. A kind of um, transformation. But look, it. I'm sorry, but it works. It, again, contributes to him coming across much more sympathetically because mm-hmm. I got to tell you, in the comics at the same time, I think in late 92, he would have still been presumed dead. <laughs> but when he returns, this is one of those times when they, they write him as just an absolute monster. He, oh, he yeah. does terrible, terrible things. Um, and everyone looked at it like, this is like character assassination. This is like, he would not do this. And literally they had to like kind of do some gymnastics and say, Oh, well, you know, he's because he's so powerful, he's sort of driven mad and he's not in his right mind to, Ah. to explain a lot of his actions in the comics around this time period, at least coming up. I mean, this is when he like rips the, the adamantium out of Wolverine. Yeah, body. I was just gonna like, say this kind is, of. Yeah, this is when he re- does that. Yeah, yeah. Which that's that, probably the, the height heinous. of. That's the height yeah. of his heinousness, I think. Right, and just brutality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cut back to the X Mansion where Professor X is reviewing footage of Magneto's attack. He's with Jubilee, and he tells her their history together, and that the two met. After a war, you don't see me doing air quotes, but I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're working in a hospital while secretly using their powers to help the patients. Again, I'm I'm using air quotes because I think this is the show glossing over and, and maybe mm-hmm. changing some of the details. Again, broadcast S&P. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the war in question would have been World War II. And, again, going by the comics history they would have been assisting Holocaust survivors at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, working in a, in a hospital in Israel. So anyway, the, the episode goes on to show us the hospital gets attacked in this military coup. Many patients are taken hostage and that results in Charles and Magnus revealing their mutant powers to one another for the first time uh, out in the open. So the pair rescue as many patients as they can, but Magneto is consumed with rage and he attempts to kill their captors before being stopped by Xavier. Magnus will not stand for Xavier's peaceful platitudes. He bitterly parts company with his friend, rechristens himself Magneto and uses his command of magnetism as a self-styled mutant freedom fighter. He amasses followers, he strikes out against humanity, and his attempts to spark a mutant uprising. And we get a great image of just the the transition uh, of the, the peaceful man that he once was as Magnus becoming Magneto. Um, looks very cool, the way that they convey that visually. Also, his name is Magnus? <laughs> it's a little... Yeah. Kind of weird. I want to yeah. say, yeah, they... They retcon that also as, as like yeah. okay, this was an alias. Like he's gone by many, many names, not his not his given birth name, just because it's it's too silly. It's it's too 
Silver Age comic books. Yeah, exactly. And he was he was a doctor in that hospital or what? No, they weren't. Yeah, that was also a little unclear. They weren't actually doctors. They were like orderlies, basically. They were just Uh, well, they definitely. They were, they were yeah, they were kind of dressed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially they're a candy strip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you know, it the episode doesn't really get into because they are certainly dressed like doctors. And they are. They definitely look like they were treating the pla- patients. Yeah, yeah, Charles has a doctor, it's so you're like oh, yeah, he what is, is a that doctor. In exactly. <laughs> is that Philosophy. Right. But um, yeah, they weren't actually doctors, they were just assistants, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So Magneto disappears after being defeated by Xavier. This is presumably before the formation of the X-Men. But now he is back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. So later we get we catch back up with Beast, who again did not leave with Magneto. But his arraignment goes quite poorly. <laughs> and it draws protesters. We see Cyclops and Wolverine looking on from the crowd in their civilian guises. They're very silent, very stoic looking. Uh, Beast makes this very eloquent plea before the court to be, again, treated fairly as any other citizen facing his charges would be. He says, if you prick us, do we not bleed? Again, this is Beast quoting some poetry as he is want to do on this show. I, I like the judge's <laughs> response. It's like no nonsense. Mm. Just don't tempt these people, Mr. McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> which we also get at these people, which um, that of course falls on deaf ears. So barely able to muster really anything amounting to a defense for his client. Uh, Beast's attorney here. I noticed is referred to as Mr. Hodge. Now, mm-hmm. this was something that wouldn't have meant anything to me at the time. Like the first time I saw this, just you know, random character probably wouldn't register for most people. But on later viewings, has kind of turned out to be a big cameo um, because I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say that this name and certainly his likeness uh, will be familiar to. <laughs> Longtime X Men readers, um, it's it's somebody who we will see again. So this is not the not the oh, first okay. and only time we will see this this um, very very um, quickly just just very quickly we see like okay this is some guy representing Beast. His name is Hodge. What more can you say on that? Well, he'll pop up yeah. again. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, to no great shock, Beast is denied bail, but just then, none other than Sabretooth comes tearing through the courtroom, demanding Beast's release. This is starting to become a pattern, you guys. First mm-hmm. Magneto, now Sabretooth. What are we doing? Uh, and Sabretooth is set upon by the guards. Again, we see these energy rifles. We we can't use real bullets. We, we have to use guns that, that shoot lasers, but so be it. Uh, Cyclops tries to rally Wolverine to help here because uh, these guards are being a little aggressive. Uh, excessive use of force, you might say. But um, he's left to contend with those guards on his own because Wolverine just shrugs him off. It's a, 
<laughs> an exchange I've always enjoyed between these two. It's like Lobs is saying, come on, they're going to kill him. And Wolverine just says, good. Good. Sorry <laughs> about it, bro. Goes, Go fuck you. Cyclops goes, what? So anyway, <laughs> not in my backyard. What'd you say? What? So he takes out the Cyclops takes out the guards, and uh, we cut away. We're back at the mansion. We see Professor X mentally scanning for Magneto. Uh, he's getting nowhere. Just then, Cyclops and Wolverine return with an injured mutant in tow. That is Sabretooth, and Cyclops brings Xavier up to speed on you know the bail hearing and explains that Wolverine knows this guy Sabretooth and he hates him but that's about the all gist he of says. Yep. Yeah. and he didn't give a reason right? Glossing so, over does he ever This well when it comes to Wolverine he's not exactly the best authority on his own um, yeah he don't know recollection, shit so, mm. but he knows he hates this guy for sure yeah like, I'm not sure why, but I really don't like that guy. Mm-hmm. And I hope he so does. now uh, Wolverine is going to try to physically remove the unconscious Sabretooth from the mansion. He's just wheeling him out in his uh, hospital bed, basically. <laughs> like, get this motherfucker out of here. He's, what are y'all like, doing? Fuck this. We're not uh, having it. I, I love the hate, honestly. I, I, yeah. It gives it's me life. Steven. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's visceral. Yeah. So, uh, Xavier stops him. He says, Wolverine, uh, personal vendettas have no place within the X-Men. But Wolverine is pleading that they don't know Sabretooth like he does. They don't know what he's done. Uh, Storm, now all high and mighty, reminds Wolverine that he was not so innocent or trustworthy himself when he joined Mm -hmm. the team. And, you know, Sabretooth's rages are much like Wolverine's own. So we're getting another little philosophical debate here mm-hmm. in this episode that I think this is a good a, one too. Yeah, it's it's got a lot packed in here, but uh, that's going to be halted by a, a red alert, basically, um, which signals Magneto's presence at Drake Missile Base, which ah. I don't know where that is exactly, but we're going to stop him. So it's Cyclops, Storm, and Wolverine heading out to face Magneto. Um, another just killer, killer line here. This this episode has some great lines, I have mm-hmm. to say. Um, hits Xavier with, uh, how come we're supposed to trash your old enemy, but we got to go easy on mine? <laughs> yeah, he kind of gagged him a little bit when he said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure did. <laughs> and again, he, he does have a point. So well, I don't uh, we understand that in these situations he, where... People are arguing about somebody else. Like, just this situation. Wolverine says, you don't understand. You don't know him like I know him. But yep. there's no follow-up. Like, there isn't, there's no yeah. attempt to explain. Is Does he have a reason? Like, like really, can he explain it at all? Or mm. is it just something he's just saying, just trust me. I'm not right. going to tell you yeah. what happened, but just trust me. I mean, I would say that they... I would say the guess on that is that they wanted to save it for maybe the next episode or a future episode down the road, you know, because you can, ex- because the backstory of the backstory of Sabretooth and Wolverine is, is big enough that it would be its own episode. You know, That's what I wondered if, if yeah. they eventually, you know, got to where a point where he would explain it. 
Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. And we know that Wolverine is is very, I don't want to say secretive, but we'll say private. And mm. oh, it, it's yeah. a it's a lot to get into. And I, I think from his standpoint, he sort of his attitude is I should have enough credibility with my teammates that I don't really have to get into the details. I mean, I will if if I'm forced, but they should believe me when I say this guy's bad news. Maybe and he would have gotten like, into they, it. Xavier can read minds. So like, well, yeah. And we see him do that with Sabretooth yeah. later, yeah. Um, which is like, mm, so it makes you wonder, I don't know. There is this whole thing where, Xavier does consider it an, an ethical violation to to read mm. someone's mind yeah. without their consent. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like that's maybe like he's goody two shoes. I, I feel like that's a lot of <laughs> shit, though. I feel like over the years, Xavier has definitely established that he's he's just as much of a piece of shit as like <laughs> as anybody else. It's just he's quiet about. That's kind of like another reason. You gotta why keep you in love... mind though. This is this is 1992. This is not the Xavier, who they pile all these retcons on top of to right. make a horrible person, which this is, is Xavier. What's he? Yeah, before this, he was fucked up. This is this is yeah. Harvey Weinstein when he first did like <laughs> oh, Goodwill Hunting. You know? Oh wow! <laughs> what a comp. Had he not done anything that bad by that? I, I don't know. know. That's maybe giving that him bad. Nobody I knew, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know how far back we're going. I feel like he was at it right. for a minute. Like, yeah. Uh, so, well, but to your point, whatever misdeeds Xavier has done, we don't, the characters don't know about them yet. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. To your point. So, and it, you know, maybe Wolverine would have gotten there had this red alert not. Um, Kind of broken up the right. argument mm -hmm. with Magneto and this missile base incursion. Mm -hmm. So they don't really get a chance to settle anything here with Sabretooth. Uh, so Xavier does stop Jubilee from joining the away team in the field, we notice. Uh, that Take a drink because that will be something of a trend mm -hmm. with her character on this show. So we're not going to send a... Well, she's young. The little kid into battle against Magneto, yeah. basically. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Can't call. It's a good call on Charles's part. Mm. Yeah. So at this missile base, Magneto uses his powers to initiate a countdown to launch, uh, mm -hmm. which seems like bad news. But the trio of X Men pull up with Magneto, and surprise, it goes poorly. Mm. Um, Magneto just handily dispatches them, all the while just spitting bullets in response to Storm's accusation that he is inciting a civil war, Magneto tells her, better to die on our feet than live on our knees. Mm. Which, again, awesome line. Uh, yeah. Not the most original necessarily, but sounds great coming from Magneto. This voice actor, by the way, is uh, David Hemblin. He, um, hmm. Toronto theater guy, did some television acting as well. Seemed like kind of a character actor. Um, but man, I I know we love Ian McKellen's Magneto through and through, but as far as like a voice performance, this is sort of the Magneto I hear on my head in my head when I'm reading the comics. Yeah. It's I mean, it's just so good. I, I love this version of Magneto. So 
he has a parting message for Xavier, does Magneto. Uh, he's not fucking around anymore. <laughs> says that any mutants who oppose him will be regarded as traitors to their race. Mm. And like traitors. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, just then, again, not fucking around anymore because the silos open and three missiles are launched. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, do we, are these nuclear missiles? Like, do we know? I don't think that, they said exactly. I, but I assume they were. I assume all missiles are it nuclear seems, missiles. Right. I mean, it seems like bad news. And the base I, itself yeah. is the target. So, I, yeah, I assume that if the. If if they're coming from under the ground, they're probably mm -hmm. if they're coming yeah, from under the ground, yeah. out of the water, out of a submarine, being dropped from well, I don't want to say being dropped from a plane, but like flying out of a plane bay, uh -huh. like yeah, they're, they're nukes. Yeah, that's what I would think. So this well, is, I mean, this is fucked. Yeah, yeah and, and Storm's um, way to get around the missiles and 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 <laughs> deter them. Was totally right. wild. This, yeah. So, and the other thing that sort of supports our theory is that, like, Cyclops goes to blast one of them, and Storm is like, don't no. you dare because that will detonate the missile. And it's like, mm. so what? At least it's in the air. But if it's a nuke, then, I mean, <laughs> that's not much better than, yeah. you know, just uh, hitting its target, right? So, yeah. Anyway, she takes flight, and Cyclops and Wolverine think she's just going to blow up the missiles herself. Um, but Xavier uh, contacts her telepathically, and she interfaces with Cerebro through yeah. telepathy. That, that's I, just Cerebro for you. Okay. And he, Professor X has her mentally absorb what this supercomputer knows about the missile circuitry mm. which i guess cerebro is is kind of like um chat gpt or, or being ai it's uh, really educated in all things um mm -hmm. so storm now with a kind of crash course this this info dump that she got uh uses a cyclone to redirect the path of the missiles out to sea and disables their warheads by uh, summoning mm -hmm. lightning to blast them, and that seems to do the trick. So, so how did how was Cyclops's lasers gonna blow up uh, the missiles? But yet her lightning powers do not. I think it was just the the precise application of oh. the the, With the uh, lightning, the electricity that she used. Yeah, I, I think yeah. she didn't go all out like. With a, a lightning strike, she just sort of buzzed. Him. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Sure. All that so, makes perfect sense. Sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, look, X Men pseudoscience. We love it. Yeah. We do love it. Also, <laughs> who, who builds the tech uh, for the X Men? Like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, he was, I, I will he... say. So isn't, Cerebro, isn't, he in, it's, it's isn't a, he in the first episode? The the um, the pilot isn't um, oh the God, one that died. Morph? No, not morph. No, who's the who's the guy in the pilot? No, who's the guy that built everything? Tim, what's his name? Um, Are you thinking of Forge? Yeah, isn't Forge in the pilot? No, I Forge is not so. here yet. Oh, um, Forge was in the pilot for some reason. 
I mean, they got Cerebro, they got a fucking jet and all the... I believe it's established that Cerebro was built by Xavier uh, and Magneto. Magneto. Uh, or that may come from the movies, but anyway, yeah, that's that, a movie thing, I think. But isn't it? Yeah, Beast? doesn't Beast create everything? I, well, I knew he was, um, you know, the the smart one, but I didn't know he was the tech guy. Hmm. But in the I world mean, of this this yeah. show, probably. Um, but the point is, the X Men have some tech that they shouldn't mm-hmm. have yet because yep. the, we see the danger room and. It is uh, holographic. It's got all this advanced technology. And that, I mean, as far as the comics are concerned, that comes from, that is alien tech. It comes from the Shi'ar because Professor Mm. X has an alien girlfriend. That's right. (laughs) And it doesn't come in until much, much later. I mean, they had a danger room back in the day, like in the 60s, but it was... Uh, nothing like compared to version. I mean this is like a holodeck right, right it's like a Star right. Trek yeah. yeah so it's sort of like we haven't met uh, the, the it comes from the, the Shi'ar Empire okay and we haven't met them yet on this show right. and the characters have not we'll get there but it's like I don't know we, we're we using some wildly advanced technology that, that should not exist in this world yet but it's fine it's not a big deal it just it, it's just one of those things that does give you pause. I agree. Right. So, okay. Um, Storm is exhausted after this effort, right? And she now is plummeting from the sky, knocked out. Uh, Wolverine catches her just in the nick of time. So, yay! The day is saved. Mm-hmm. For now, at least. The X-Men depart. We see Magneto looking on ominously. He's impressed with the X-Men's training, but he laments that they have turned against their own kind. And that's where we leave this one, this first part. Um, hmm. Let's go ahead and do our, our ratings and what whatnot now. Just mm-hmm. And then maybe we can take the two as, as a pair later um, once we talk about the second episode if we want but yeah, yeah. i will just say for my money i thought this was a little bit of a step down from our mm-hmm. opening two-parter right mm-hmm. um didn't completely knock my socks off but uh it still has its moments like the character conflicts are super believable and great um the follow-up on beast i think really mm-hmm. speaks to the strength of this show's um commitment to that really heavily Serial serialized format, which mm-hmm. I super enjoy, especially we're talking about a Saturday morning kids cartoon. As I said, love this portrayal of Magneto. It has some all-timer awesome lines, very quotable. I was initially thinking like giving this a three going in, but upon rewatch, I'm gonna give this four out of five. Ooh, wow. four out of five. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was maybe a little high. Maybe yeah. I'm a little on the high side, a little biased, but I don't know. I, this one really worked for me. Well, we have boners for Magneto, so <sighs> we really do. That's how it is. Um, me not. But I would agree. Yeah, a lot of the all the character conflicts are like kind of elite concepts and like children's mm, programs. I, I love the way you put that. Yeah. You know, there there it's it's something that 
you can teach children that it doesn't dumb it down really it makes it it makes it hard it makes it a hard choice you know to be like yeah why does your thing count but mine doesn't count or you know yeah they just it's really well done uh, i love all the action sequences i thought were really good mm-hmm. and um the one-liners were pretty great too and Wolverine called Cyclops buddy at the end of that. He did call him buddy at the end. And, and not in a sarcastic way. Pals. Yeah, no, he no. said it like in a genuine way. And I was like, mm. wait, what? <laughs> I like it better. They have another They have another moment in our next episode that absolutely <laughs> gags me. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, Keith, uh, how are you feeling about your, uh, your review of this one? I mean, I... I, I would say I gave it like I will say three and a half X's and mm-hmm. the reason okay. that it drops it down is the thing that I didn't like is already three episodes, really four episodes if you I believe if you count the pilot in, we've had like everyone just trying to sacrifice themselves to save the day. Mm. And I'm like, and that's a trope that I would love to go away like as soon as possible because it's like you know, we don't need to have, like, to me, the entire thing should be, like, we're going to work as a team because we're going to not just assume that somebody's going to sacrifice themselves for the greater good at the end of every episode. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's the thing that kind of irritates me because it's like, okay, let's move on from that and work as a team so that we don't have to always have this, you know, ride or die type thing. So Gotcha. Yeah. That's a great could, point. Yeah, and if they can get by that, then I'm on board for four or five X's out of five, you know? Mm-hmm. So. So perhaps uh, perhaps these characters still need to learn something about teamwork. If, perhaps they do. You know, if Correct. they're going to gel as a, as a fighting unit. You've got these glory hounds like Morph out there getting himself <laughs> killed. Storm. Storm Freaking just going to save the day. Tells... It, Tell well, Cyclops, Storm, not Storm's the... willing to kill herself. I think mm-hmm. uh, Beast was willing to kill himself. I mean, um, uh, Beast was a little headstrong in that second episode. Yeah. I mean, he got his Night... shit pushed in for it. Nightcrawler was willing to kill. Like everybody's willing to kill themselves. It's like, all right, oh god, you're going back to Pride of the X. <laughs> right, but it's like you know what? Let's let's try to figure. We're we're superheroes with superpowers. Let's try yeah. to figure out a way to not kill ourselves and then right. maybe work Let's... from there so i think storm knew she was gonna try something yeah i didn't think she like she had something up her sleeve yeah i didn't yeah. think she was gonna like off herself i think no. she was gonna try something and mine meld with she... cerebro well it's like I'm, she, she maybe see... didn't see that coming but maybe uh, not she, that she knew like, enough I'm, that she's well, like okay well command of the weather no, no, you're right. I was going to say, like, she's going up in the air, and I'm like, she's going to create a cyclone, and it's going to blow them off, off track. Mm. And then we had to have exposition there, no pun intended, yeah. with, like, him and <laughs> her mind-melding, like, like, it's Spock, like, with the machine. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that was crazy. That whole thing was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, she couldn't risk blowing them up, again, no. if we're assuming they're nukes. So it's yeah. like... Right. All right, at, at least I can control the weather. That maybe gives me a slight edge over you shoot punches out of your eyes that only destroy <laughs> things, right? Like, <laughs> um, anyhow, 
let's get to our second part here, which is okay. titled Deadly Reunions. Mm -hmm. uh, this is episode four, and it aired on January 23rd, 1993. So again, again bit of a gap here between mm -hmm. uh, episode airings. We got a few weeks well more than a month now we've hell we've we've gone through the entire month of december and most of january so again i can't tell you what it was like just with bated breath waiting for a new episode of x-men as a kid like they had re-aired i think these first three episodes maybe a couple of times between you know the layoff um between like christmas and new year's um mm -hmm. but I guess, and, and the 23rd is an actual Saturday, you guys, so this is sort of a big deal because this one can be considered our first new episode to air during the show's regular established time slot on, mm. you know, Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock. There's not going to be, like, a lot of breaks or anything after this. Like, they're okay, in good. they're in full rotation now, pretty much. More or less, right? Like, like a it's it's a regular show at this point. All the animation is done. <laughs> well, not quite, but it's done enough. It's done enough. We'll still have a few hiccups here and there, but it's like okay, we're not billing this as a sneak preview. It's not some special event. It's not some kids countdown bullshit. Like this is just an episode of the show, right? Okay, cool. Um, and we open with Xavier and psychic therapy with Sabretooth. This is quite trippy and interesting yeah, quite um, the sequence yeah yeah they they literally merge their mental images together and and this is like all within Sabretooth's mindscape i guess and they are confronting Sabretooth's uh inner demons which are represented as literal monsters that they are fighting uh Xavier tries to break through to the core of Sabretooth's anguish and his berserker rages but Sabretooth mentally rejects him, pushes him out. Xavier vows that he must never stop trying. Again, sort of a you know microcosm of, of the X-Men's core theme, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have now a returning Cyclops, Storm, and Wolverine bringing Xavier up to speed on their confrontation with Magneto. Wolverine's basically heard enough of this philosophy and all this nonsense. He's had it. He's a man of action, and he makes the call for action. But Xavier expresses that he believes he's on the verge of a breakthrough with Sabretooth, so at least that's some good news he can share. Wolverine just not having it. He is unconvinced. Uh, <laughs> there's the excellent exchange here that I have written down with Professor X saying, there are still some recesses of Sabretooth's mind that I have failed to penetrate. Wolverine firing back. I'll penetrate his recesses. Ah, <laughs> oh, I fucking love that line. That was great. It's great that you can get away with that, right? Because he's not saying the words you can't say on Saturday morning, but it's mm -hmm. it's awfully threatening. It's awfully violent. I uh, I do want to quickly I do want to uh, quickly add that there's the scene in the office or in Xavier's office and. Storm's drinking right. like a cup of tea. She's like, yeah, drinking a cup of tea. She just pulls up in an easy chair. I mean, it's, yeah. it's funny that like Wolverine's drinking a beer. That makes sense. That that tracks. But like, mm -hmm, it's, it's really mm -hmm. funny seeing like Storm walking around with like a cup of tea. 
it's yeah i, I, I did like a little downtime that yeah down home at the x mansion here with mm -hmm. these these three uh so um here we get a little bit of background like as they all roll in on Sabretooth here who's still restrained he um Sabretooth taunts wolverine saying that the the pair used to work together but they had a little bit of a misunderstanding and Wolverine mm -hmm. angrily sets the record straight, saying Sabretooth wasted some friends of his for no good reason, and he misunderstood. Um, this is, by the way, where we get our, our um, Cyclops and Wolverine loving continues, because Cyclops is patting Wolverine on the back yeah, to like, calm him down. <laughs> They're like, there, buddy. It happens like twice. Yeah, it's okay, yeah. buddy. He, he totally gives him a there, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just all right. Um. So Xavier <laughs> wants Wolverine's help. At this I point. just saw him They're, do it. On the yeah, isn't it? It's so there, like, there. <laughs> it's so Cyclops. <laughs> well, I mean, what is he gonna do? <laughs> It would have just been more funny if, like, Wolverine then put his head down. He was like, yeah. oh, things, man. He tracks his claws. <laughs> he starts purring. Starts cooing. Yeah. Will... <laughs> Professor X ain't having none of that shit. We'll just... deal with Wolverine's attitude later. I, I also love yes, that. Weird. I also love when they do these, like, these like wide shots and you see just how short Wolverine is. <laughs> oh yeah. Because Cyclops is like six two and, and yeah. Wolverine is you know five 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 or whatever. Yeah. So yeah it's um so they do get the I love that they get the height correct for these, yeah, these characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah Sabretooth is is uh I guess ready to move on to this next round of therapy. Xavier's all gung ho about it says he even needs Wolverine's help going mm -hmm. into this, but Wolverine basically tells the Professor to go fuck himself. Yep. And he storms off. Well, uh, elsewhere, we see Magneto, I guess, in his secret evil lair, um, making his next play, which turns out to be attacking Metro Chemical Plant. And that's simply to bait Xavier into another fight. Uh, so he is bring Magneto is bringing absolute pandemonium mayhem to this chemical plant. It's like toxic waste spewing everywhere. Workers running for their lives amidst, amidst all these explosions and fire. And it, it, it looks like an absolute hellscape here. But uh, we're going to get another trio of X-Men. This time we've got Rogue standing in for Wolverine mm. to face Magneto. So Wolverine went off, but... Um, Rogue is, is swapped in. The battle pretty much goes the same as before, you guys. Uh, none of the X-Men are able to so much as scratch Magneto. They can't lay a mm -mm. hand on him. Mm -mm. Uh, I mean, Storm ends up buried under a pile of rubble. Uh, this actually turns out to be the reveal of her claustrophobia, which is mm. an established character trait, again, from the comics. Mm-hmm. And that was induced by a uh, childhood trauma. So elsewhere, we have Cyclops knocked out by a, a gas leak, essentially. Um, Rogue sort of holds her own, but she has no other option here with her teammates incapacitated. She tries to revive Cyclops using mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Not the best idea in the world, given what her powers are, but 
what choice does she have? Mm. And uh, she ends up absorbing his optic blast in the process of doing so. So look, now Rogue is saddled basically with two uncontrollable powers. And she has to keep her eyes closed uh, to shut off Cyclops' optic blast. She's effectively blind until the effect wears off. So she's not going to be able to contribute much else to this fight. But uh, with the team in shambles, Xavier makes his presence known. He comes face-to-face with Magneto, his old friend. Magneto offers Charles one final chance to join him, but Xavier refuses. Xavier implores Magneto to look around at the destruction he has wrought, asks him how can he consider this to be an acceptable solution. But Magneto, true to form, he invokes the past, telling Xavier that his people stood around and debated while their enemies rolled in with tanks. He won't stand for it happening again. Magneto lashes out at Xavier, prepares to finish him off. Like, it looks like he's he's going in for the killing blow here. But man, you guys, um, Xavier fights dirty here. He um, He attacks Magneto mentally in a way that he forces... Magneto to relive his past trauma. Um, and the show, you know, doesn't get explicit about it, but we as X-Men fans know that, I mean, here again, Holocaust survivor. So this is especially brutal, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so Magneto is totally overwhelmed. He is, I mean, shook and flees the scene just is totally just re-traumatized here. Uh, Rogue has now managed to collect the unconscious Storm and Cyclops. Xavier mentally guides them out of the plant. All the workers basically managed to make their escape. So, how, wow. The, how ahead. did he get through the helmet? How did Xavier that's, get through I was going to say, right. that's, a, that's a great question. That, you know what, that wasn't a thing until the movies. Oh, really? Okay, mm-hmm. so he's just wearing it because it looks cool. Yep, just because okay. it, it's a cool thing for a villain to do. Um, I think there there was like a story that established there was some... It wasn't just a helmet. Like It had some special gimmicks and circuitry involved. Like He was able to use mm. it like for mind control and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it ever really afforded him any protection against telepathic um, attacks until the the movies decided we need to create a reason why this guy Mm -hmm. is running around in a dumb helmet. That's kind of big. You don't want though, but that's a really awesome, it's an awesome additional feature. Yeah. I liked it. I like that too, as, as a feature, it was definitely more of a, an additive sort of thing that, you know, a lot of that stuff feels like, Oh, you're just, embarrassed of the source material so we're getting this convoluted explanation that i actually thought was really logical and cool mm. i so, like that yep. i like that magneto flipped the chair and just he flips with xavier's yeah. chair he does Xavier he just flipped goes, him right out and then you see him like dragging his body his limp legs along the floor like that was kind of fun Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, it was fun to watch. I'm not talking about like in real life. I mean, you know, if I saw somebody dragging their legs, I would get the guy's wheelchair for them. You know? What a mensch. Yeah. Uh, I am. 
Apparently, the hover chair also responds to uh, Professor so X's mental commands because uh -huh. he he like he summons it after after Magneto takes off and it like flips back up and is ready to go again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just climbs back in it. So. They're dancing the line uh, between tele telepathy and telekinesis. Yeah, I, I would feel agree. like with yeah. Xavier. Yeah. And we get that one little shot that establishes like it somehow does respond to his thoughts, but it's like if he had telekinesis, clearly he would just use that to, you know. Yeah, and that's exactly what, at this it. point they still haven't fully developed Jean Grey in the show yet, so yeah, yeah, I think that's why is because you know she's the resident telekinetic, you know. Yep. So, all right, so. Elsewhere, in response to these recent attacks by Magneto and the rescinding of the Mutant Registration Act, which I'm not sure we knew that the act itself got pulled back, but in any event, mm. that apparently did happen um, when the, the Madam President shut down the Mutant Control Agency. And, yeah, from her treadmill. And, uh, yeah, from her treadmill uh, with her big lesbian energy. Um mm -hmm. Senator Kelly is basically condemning um, Madam President's decisions and says that he is declaring his candidacy for the President of the United States. So, okay, big development on that front. Jubilee, watching the news uh, from the mansion, is less than impressed. And, I mean, there's this, like, pretty gross... Um, voiceover before she turns the TV off where Senator Kelly is talking about uh, how he's going to move mutants into internment camps. That's going to be like his first act as president. I'd have to say the irony of that is, is not lost on an episode that is serving as Magneto's introduction. Mm -hmm. Here again, World War II, Holocaust survivor, you know, concentration camps, uh, internment camps I mean, they're they know what they're doing here just putting that in your head but um in any case we're back at the mansion jubilee is is basically uh babysitting Sabretooth, and he tricks her into removing his restraints uh but then very quickly makes his true intentions clear grabs jubilee tells her that he's been faking his way through xavier's treatments I don't know what that says about Xavier's Xavier. talents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> either as a, yeah, as a therapist or a telepath, but so be it. Also, um, Jubilee's dumb in that scene, too. Jubilee's real dumb in this scene, but we have to consider she is still Gee. a child. Uh, Sabretooth says he was hired by Magneto to infiltrate the mansion, but uh, just then Wolverine returns. He did not go far apparently when he stormed off and basically all hell breaks loose uh this unfortunately cannot be the bloodbath we would want it to be in this cartoon mm -hmm. between the two of these guys um but the away team now returns we get a little banter that's fun uh amongst them, them before having some hot chocolate Yep, again. They're having some hot chocolate. Rogue yep. and Cyclops. Well, Rogue is flirting up Cyclops a little bit. He's, you know, uncomfortable and making it weird. <laughs> very, very weird. Jeans uh, nowhere to be found, of course. Um, <laughs> so they're taking their sweet time 
quite honestly. But uh, they're alerted to the uh, commotion. Of, I mean, again, we, we've got Wolverine and Sabretooth tearing it up. So Xavier uh, chastises Wolverine for fighting in the war room. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking war room, my guy. Where else? Not, not really. Fight? That's it's not <laughs> really what he does. But there's no but, fighting. Uh, there's no fighting in the war room. The war room. Yeah, yeah. He he certainly though does get the the wrong impression that Wolverine is just snapped and mm. attacked. That sweet old innocent saber tooth who he was making such great progress with, mm. right, you guys. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, provides just enough of, of a distraction for Sabretooth to wind up and slash Wolverine right across the gut. Pretty much makes Xavier eat his words on the spot. Yep. And uh, Jubilee then blasts Sabretooth through the wall. Um, pretty destructive application of her powers there. And then he and, scampers uh, away. And he scampers away, sure does. <laughs> and we have a... Uh, mutilated wolverine being taken to the infirmary i mean this is like intense again for saturday morning cartoon but it's like it's the type of thing he would shrug off in the comics right it's like Mm -hmm. he's got a chest wound he got slashed but i think i think in our like you know perception of this we have to take it as like he got gutted right right that's that's how his intestines were coming out (laughs) exactly yeah um so Xavier just now, just put him back. He, he'll, he'll regrow this. He's going to, yeah, he's going to heal up. That, that healing factor, take care of it. No problem. Um, Xavier now admits that his passion for his ideals blinded him to reality. So where once he failed to stop Magneto when he had the chance, now he has failed Wolverine, one of his mm. students. Right? Dumbass. Storm kind of doesn't make things better by telling him we failed. We failed. <laughs> Great. Wow. The oh, whole the whole amazing. group blew it. The that whole was... group just blew it. Imagine you're working like on a, a team project or something, and it's like, all right, we've all got to pull weight, do our part, and you get an F. The whole team just gets an F anyway. And it's like, are you really gonna feel better? Is somebody gonna rally the truth by saying, well? It's our share share failure together. We got it. F. <laughs> we got it. We earned this out. We earned it together. I, I fell so, out honestly uh, when she I'm said glad. that. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah, she did the shoulder tap too. The old Cyclops, there, there. God, but it was great. They are there. It feels like such a brain fart, right? When you yeah. don't know what to say and you're trying to just come up with anything to, to reassure somebody and it just, blah, like, you just, <laughs> you just blow it, right? And she, you're not a she failure. Absolutely, we're all failures. She absolutely biffs this. I love it. This is awesome. It's so, worth the um, episode just for that line. I'm sorry. The, the X-Men take a big fat L on this one. I kind of like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some more conflict and a lot of a lot of unanswered questions here, you know. Quite so. I mean, we close on this rather ominous note that reassures us Magneto is still out there. He's still scheming, still planning. And I mean, Xavier is left with the question: Are the X Men going to be up to the task of facing him again? Because they didn't do so hot in mm-hmm. two separate outings here. I mean, he. 
these are like flawless victories Magneto had over them if this was a fighting game. So, ooh, um, does not bode well for the future here. Just makes us even bigger Magneto fans, I think. That he's yeah. comes out so strong in these episodes. Bit. Yeah. We totally agreed with him, and he won all the fights except for the last <laughs> when he got scared. But when he when Xavier uh, went below the belt, yeah. below the belt, you know, quite frankly. So yeah, he's um, dirty. He's dirty. Yep, dirty son of a bitch. Um, I didn't think this was quite as strong as the preceding episode. It it honestly felt a little bit padded. Some of these scenes. Mm. And a little retready, right? We've just got, once again, three X-Men responding to an attack by Magneto, getting their asses handed to them, and going home. You know, yeah. it's kind of rinse, repeat. Been there, done that, saw it already, got the t-shirt. Um, positive notes, I mean, Rogue's presence uh, does elevate it. So she was, she was missed in our last outing, but um, glad to have her along here. And I like the Wolverine Sabretooth fight, although, again, we're, we're limited in what we can really show. Um, all in all, I thought it was good enough for three stars. Probably more like three and a half, but I don't want to do half stars, so I'll say three stars uh, out of five here. Yeah, I forgot we weren't doing half stars. No, you can no. if you want. It's just um, my personal preference. Three X's, I should say. Three, yeah, that's what I meant. X's. I'm gonna do three Triple. and a half, so it'll be like three and a slash. Uh, okay, three and a slash. I like three and a slash. Yeah, I I like the saber two stuff. I like Wolverine uh, being completely unhinged, and then um, when they didn't believe him, fuck y'all, then I'm fucking leaving, and then just like skulked around in the closet for a couple days, or whatever he did. Um, yeah, what did it's do? just very Wolverine to just like bail and then come back, you know? Yeah, definitely. I like that. I like the flashes we got with Storm and her past, and we got to see Rogue with absorb somebody's powers again, so that was fun too. And of course, Magneto and Magneto. Yeah, I love, yeah, seeing Rogue's uh, again, her natural abilities in action, seeing how. How much of a liability that can be, and mm -hmm. so that was that was very cool for me as well. Keithy, I actually, I mean, I I like this because it you had a great Wolverine Saber Truth fight. Um, you had an opportunity for Wolverine to stick it into friggin' Xavier's face and be like, "I fucking told you so." Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it has the reference to. Magneto's past and his torture mm -hmm. um, that he went through, which I mean, having been a fan and knowing that it's it makes it so much better. But if you didn't know it, even even that it gets it gets the point across. I mean, everybody by this point, everybody knows about the Holocaust. You know what I mean? Like even kids that are watching this on Saturday morning know what happened during World War Two. So. Um, I actually gave this four. I thought it was better than oh, the previous nice. episode. Yeah, I thought it was better than the previous episode. So four X's I gave it. So fair enough. I like it. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, let's take a look at the stats here. So Keith, you mentioned it, but our our um, first episode we covered, Intermagneto, episode three of the series. 
-hmm. That is, I mean, again, not a direct adaptation, but very heavily inspired from none other than X-Men number one from 1963. First appearance of the X-Men, the original five X-Men and Magneto. Uh, And that issue, it is Magneto attacking the fictional Cape Citadel. So I guess that's standing in for this uh, missile base. I don't know why they don't call it that in, in the episode itself, but so be it. Uh, pretty similar there. And this episode we just talked about, Deadly Reunions. I mean, no direct comics adaptation here, but there is this concept of Professor X trying and ultimately failing to rehabilitate Sabretooth that will be a storyline in the comics, but it actually hasn't started yet. So I don't know if that's that's the comics drawing inspiration from the show or if it's something that they already had in development, but the show got to it first. I don't know. I, I, I need to read up on that a little bit more and find out what the deal is. Um, because this series accomplishes in two episodes what the comics took about three, four years. Um to play yeah. out, all told, it was quite the long and winding saga of, of Sabretooth teasing the idea of a reform and then and then that getting walked back. Uh, the characters that appear in these episodes in Intermagneto, we had Professor X, Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Beast, and Jubilee. So absent are Jean Grey, Gambit, and Rogue. Um you know, not sure why we don't get a full cast here. No one actually says what these other characters are doing, why they're not present, but it is what it is. Our villains are Magneto and Sabretooth, and I went ahead and wrote down Cameron Hodge as a supporting character. Okay, it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a cameo, really, but I didn't want to consider it like a, an Easter egg type thing, just because he is sort of a named character, and we will see him again later on. So put him in the mix. Uh, and then in Deadly Reunions, we had Professor X, Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Rogue now joining us, and Jubilee. So Gambit's still absent. We don't see Beast again, unfortunately. He's mm-hmm. he's going back to the detention center, I reckon. Yep. And uh, no Gene once again. Uh, villains, once more, we have Magneto plus Sabretooth. Senator Kelly, I have as our only supporting character. We do have some cool cameos and Easter eggs in this one. It's it's in really the opening moments. And I would say these are more Easter eggs than true cameos because it's not the actual characters appearing, but we have visions in Sabretooth's mm. mind of Deadpool, mm. Maverick, uh, the Shiva uh, robot, which is like a... It's too much to get into. <laughs> Omega Red and a really deep cut Janice Hollenbeck, who was like a, a secret agent, a double agent that when Wolverine and Sabretooth worked together, they were trying to extract from East Germany. The mission went sour. Sabretooth ends up killing her. She may be one of the friends Wolverine was referring to Oh, gotcha. when he said that Sabretooth wasted some of his friends for mm-hmm. no reason. So, pretty cool there that they packed that in. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, and in terms of comics that would have been on sale at the time of these episodes, taking it back to uh, 
again, back in November, Black Friday, the 27th of 1992, I have Wolverine issue 65, and the concluding third act, Keith, of Executioner's Song, finally, it's over, we have X-Factor 86, X-Men 16, and X-Force number 18, those being parts 10, 11, and 12 of that crossover Sending Strife out in style, my friend. And yep. we also had uh, X-Men Adventures number three. Now, what the hell is X-Men Adventures? You guys, X-Men Adventures is a comic book series that is that exists to serve as adaptations of this animated series. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oddly enough. So, so issue three... Issue three is going to correspond with the episode that we're talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. Episode three of the show. It's Intermagneto. One of the cool things about the comic is they were not nearly as restrained as um, the show in terms of like violence. So like in the next issue where it adapts, um, you know, deadly reunions, their version of the fight between Wolverine and Sabretooth here again, an X-Men Adventures is pretty damn bloody and brutal. So yeah. if this one failed to deliver on screen, you could read about it in that uh, comic series and, and maybe, maybe that would scratch the itch for you. Oh. So interestingly enough, uh, then jumping ahead to January the 23rd, 1993, which was when Deadly Reunions aired, you would have found... On the newsstands, Excalibur, issue 63, Wolverine, 67, Uncanny X-Men, 298. This is now teasing the return of Magneto. We get some acolytes popping up, these followers of Magneto, hinting at something ahead. Uh, X-Factor, number 88. X-Men, number 18, which has the return of Omega Red, character I mentioned as a vision in Sabretooth's head. We're going to actually see him uh, mm -hmm. in that issue of X-Men. And uh, the aforementioned X-Men Adventures is now up to issue five. So it's now one ahead of where the uh, animated series is. But, uh, we'll catch up. We'll get there. That's all right. We'll get there. And finally, I went ahead and wrote down What If uh, number 47, which is notable only because it's What If Magneto took over the United States? Mm -hmm. uh, haven't read it, but apparently it's it's the concluding second second in a two part adventure. So maybe I'll track that down and find out what would happen if Magneto took over the United States. You guys, ooh, hmm, we would and, all be dead, Tim. Well, we would be yeah, probably because we're, we're, we're not mutants. Well, you know what though, be, but I think that we would all have an opportunity to you think? go to Magneto and say, listen, this is what we listen. We want to we want to make Look. peace. We want to make things right. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a way yeah, to do I, that? I don't we think we bow to you. We bow to you as 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 our superior <laughs> and we love what you've done with your hair. <laughs> exactly. We've won. We love what you've done. What they say. We love what you've done with your hair. Uh, yeah. Oh, hello. 
Well, we don't get to see Magneto. Well, I guess in the flashback where, again, Xavier is re-triggering him, we see him as a little kid. He has white hair as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while they're, again, working as non-doctors uh, at, at that hospital as Magnus, we, we get uh, a, another frock of silvered-haired Magneto, silver fox, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, he does not go without the helmet in his in his costume here in mm-hmm. the, this pair of episodes. But we'll see that later on. Another iconic look for this guy. Hello, Charles. All right. Anything else, you guys? Any other uh, thoughts you have on this? Stray thoughts or otherwise? Or or uh, praise you want to heap on Magneto, our, our Lord and Savior? <laughs> our, our queer rage icon, in my yes. case. <laughs> Ah, it was great. Um, uh, yeah, can't I wait mean, to, look, to look forward to the rest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he he will continue to be a presence throughout this series. Thankfully, so all right, that's gonna do it for my purposes, Jenny. All yeah. right. Um, is there anything that you want to plug, there, Keithy? Well, um, you can always hear me on most of your podcatcher apps, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify. Um, SoundCloud. You can always hear me every week with Petey on GFA Live, uh, where we just recently wrapped up WrestleMania 5, and I think we're going to keep going to the SummerSlam 89. I don't know. I'm trying to get him to maybe do something different, but Pete loves to live in the 80s, so what can I tell you? Um, And then uh, you can hear on the North-South Connection Podcast Network every other Friday, you can hear A La Cat with Keithy. That's uh, the new greatest new hit show on the uh, podcasting network there. And, uh, you know, catch me on anything else. Cronoso Monthly. Uh, I we did, a, we did a freak out driving at the end of October. So with Jenny and I. And, I mean, it's always a good time. And, uh, yeah. And just also on the Place to Be Nation pod feed, you can always hear me doing the uh, pop video jukebox songs of the day. And I want to thank you both for having me back on again. It was great to be on. Of course, anytime. Absolutely, anytime, yep. What about you, Tim? Uh, Well, if you like retrospectives of 90s television, um, Mm -hmm. as partially told by myself, then I suppose I would direct you to the podcast that I do with my dear friend, JT Rosero. It's called 9021 No-So. It is in affiliation with the North-South Connection, but it's its own uh, dedicated podcast feed if you will so just search 9021 no so on your preferred podcatcher app and as the name would imply we're going through the 90s classic beverly hills 90210 episode by episode we're i mean really about to bring it home here on season two getting to the the end of the line there mm-hmm. and looking forward to to delving into se- season three which will be the senior year for our class of West Beverly. Uh, mm-hmm. Very good stuff there. And, and a lot to look forward to on 902 and So with myself and JT. Uh, Jenny, you and I do some wrestling coverage podcasts on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. I'll direct folks to Talking WCW and 
PTB NXT may be on a little bit of a, a hiatus. We're, let's just say we're between <laughs> shows right now, and, and we're uh-huh. maybe a little longer between shows than usual, but mm-hmm. that's okay. You can still find... We still have the archives. Yeah, it's still fine in the archives. They're on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. And you can follow me on Twitter if you're inclined. I am at Psych68CYKE68. Not Biclops, but um, Psych68. <laughs> not to be confused there. Uh, and I think that's going to do it for me. Jenny. You know, in my notes for this show, I write CYKE for Cyclops. Instead uh-huh. of having to spell out Cyclops. So I appreciate that. Sure. Uh, every Wednesday on the No So, you can find one of my shows. I got, uh, there's a new GC dub, a game changing podcast um, that uh, we had our first guest on, Chad Campbell. So that just came out today. Um, go back and listen to all the Freak Out Drive Ins if you have not. Yeah. To all of those. And then we have a new Talking Docs coming up very soon as well. Uh, Keithy's favorite episode or Seriously. podcast. Yep. Um, so lots of cool that stuff is coming a, up. That is a really great podcast, Talking oh, Docs. Oh, Talking Docs. One of those, Talking Docs is amazing. You, you wish it. You, you wish it came out more often, but it's like you, you don't want to. You don't want to mess with success either. Yeah, like, definitely can't, not. Can't force yeah. it. And I we've can, done yeah, good. Yeah. We've kept a, a good cadence going with those, so we haven't. Oh, no any. doubt. It's, it's, it's the kind of show that while you'd like to binge it, you know that if you binge it, you're going to be pissed when you run out of episodes because yeah. then you're like, it's like almost like watching an HBO show. Like, damn it, now I have uh-huh. to wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did I do that to myself? Yeah. Sorry to do that to you, Keithy. That's all um, right. I Listen, <laughs> I, I look forward to it. And when you guys ended your last season and I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, <laughs> like two weeks later, you did season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew so I was, like, looking around. In I was like, oh, okay. So it's not going to be, like, okay. <laughs> I don't have to wait six months for, uh, <laughs> you know, the dragon show to come back. <laughs> the dragon show. All right. So you can follow me. I'm on uh, the Twitter, which feels like it's really dying now. Like, people have been saying it for months, but now I'm, like, actually starting to, like, feel it so anyway twitter is still happening also on the instagram and tiktok <laughs> jenny position so i guess i'll start throwing those out there too so yeah. anyway thank y'all for listening and we will see you next time